you are traveling to different parts of the world you crossing like literally really big distance to to come to Wadaram desert then i think it, it's really worth to to have chance to meet the people and to talk about the people to know because if you're just coming to have a let's say a fancy place to stay and just sleep and listen to music and uh, then just go then you'll miss a lot why, why are you even traveling <laughs> Wadi Ram. Ever since I first stepped foot in this desert in the south of Jordan, I knew this would be a very special place for me. And it has been. Over the last six years of traveling to Jordan, I've come to this desert countless times, often spending days or weeks at a time there. There is a stillness to this desert that I rarely find elsewhere. The vast landscapes of Wadi Ram make you feel small and your problems insignificant. And the light in this desert is golden, ethereal almost. But it is the people of Wadi Ram that make it the most incredible place on earth. Over the years, I've been fortunate to make friendships with the people who live and work in this desert, the Bedouins. I've witnessed their daily lives, celebrated with them during Eid holidays, and went on their Jeep tour rides across the desert. Throughout every interaction, I've always felt like there is a warmth, integrity, and understanding among these people that is special. And today, I want to share that feeling with you. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer, writer, community builder, storyteller, and entrepreneur. And today, we're traveling to the desert of Wadi Ram in southern Jordan for a conversation with Ahmad Maraye, a Bedouin man who, together with his friends Fala Zawaide and Hassan Maraye, runs Ram Planet Camp, a traditional Bedouin camp in the desert. In this conversation, we're going to discuss what Bedouin culture is, how tourism has impacted Wadi Ram and the people living there, what sustainability looks like in the desert, and the misconceptions of traveling in the Middle East. We'll also discuss why Bedouins, while being just as busy and stressed out by work as anyone else, have a secret weapon to deal with it what Ahmad misses about the traditional Bedouin lifestyle, and what Matt Damon, yes, the Matt Damon, is like in real life. I love our conversation with Ahmad, and I hope you will too. And if you want to know more about Ahmad and his camp, be sure to check out rumplanetcamp.com and read my story in Afar magazine about why staying in a traditional camp like Ahmad's is a great way to support the Bedouin community. We'll link to all these in the show notes. There is another reason why today's episode is extra special to me. This is our 100th episode of the show. Can you believe it that we've been on this journey together for 100 whole episodes? I hope you've enjoyed the ride as much as I have. And if that's the case, help us celebrate. All this week, we're inviting you to share a review of our show on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify for a chance to win a 20-minute coffee conversation with me. That's right. Submit your review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. Share a screenshot of your submission on Instagram or Facebook and be sure to tag me so I can see it at In Search of Perfect or at Travel Media Lab and we'll choose a winner in seven days. 
The winner will get a one-on-one -on -one coffee chat with me over video at the time of their choosing, where we can talk about any topics that are of interest to you, whether it's travel, storytelling, a career in travel media, or the weather. I look forward to connecting with you. Be sure to submit your review by Wednesday, October 11th, and we'll announce the winner on Thursday, October 12th. This episode and the entire season of the show is brought to you by Visit Jordan. Visit myjordanjourney.com to learn more about this beautiful country in the Middle East. That's myjordanjourney.com. All right, now let's get started with our conversation with Ahmad Maraye from Rum Planet Camp. Welcome, Ahmad, to the podcast. I'm so, so excited to welcome you today. Thank you, Yulia. Thank you. I'm happy to be with you tonight. Me too. It's been so long, right? We were just talking about before we started recording how I miss you guys and I can't wait to see you. You know that we miss you here as well. And you know, this is your home. Whenever you decide to run away from your work, you know, you have a place here to come. You you guys listening right now, I don't think I've shared this before on the podcast, but every time I come to Wadiram, which you know, Wadiram is my favorite place on earth. I talk about it all the time. But every time I come, I stay with Ahmad and his friends at the camp. And every time I am so close to never returning. I am so close to just staying there. Last time I came, I even lo started looking into perhaps buying some land, doing something like that, because that place just calls me so much. And it's a great honor to know you guys, to be your friend, and to have been able to stay there so many times. So thank you. I'm so glad to talk to you. I have told you this before, that you don't have to buy a land to be here, you know, because <laughs> you will be with, uh, with your family here whenever you come. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your name and where are you at the moment? Yeah, my name is uh, Ahmed Maraya and I'm a big guy from Wadi Aram Desert. Um, right now I'm at our family camp. Uh, it's from Planet Camp. The best. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, to think so. Yeah, you know, because in this place we always welcome uh, our guests from all around the world, from different backgrounds, different nationalities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is, you know, that's what makes it uh, excited, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to share our culture with, with people from different cultures. And sometimes we have a really nice discussion about the differences between the, the cultures and how our life compared to other people's life in different parts of the world. So tell me about that. What is the Bedouin culture like? What is the Bedouin life like? I think that that's one of the reasons why so many people come to your camp, because they get a glimpse of how you guys live. And I think this is something that we are seeking in modern life to have something that you guys have, something that perhaps some of us have lost in other places. But tell me, tell me, what do you think Bedouin culture is like? What is Bedouin life like? Bedouin people, they are welcoming people. You know, in our culture, we always welcome our guests. We are like all, always our, open our home to welcome people from all around the world. Mm -hmm. That would make it also uh, nice for the people that they're coming here and they like it because they find nice people. Mm -hmm. They meet them with a very nice smile. They open their home to them. 
they share the story the stories with them so in general our culture as a bedouins we are a welcoming people that's the first point and that's why we when we started uh, this camp we focused about like showing our identity as a bedouin in every single details in in our camp in Wadiram, we you know we put a stamp belong to us we don't have only to talk to people so they can like be connected with our culture even if they just sit by themselves if they look around everything around them it makes them feel that they are connected with the area they are connected with the, with the people what is an example of that in your camp that guests can sit around and feel like they are connected what would be an example of that you mean for the people that they coming here and mm-hmm. they are yeah i think you yourself you were just talking a few minutes ago that's how you are really missing this place and uh, sometimes you have those thoughts by staying here and you know maybe not leaving this area anymore it's not just only because of the land it's because of the people that they're, they're staying here every single person leave their home or their place their work and put their time to come to us and to be with us that means a lot to us so their time for us we want to make it value for them that's why when from the moment that they come to the to Adram until the moment that they leave. We're trying to fulfill all their time by something new and something make difference in their life. Not because I'm a Bedouin and I'm, I belong to this area, but I can tell you that uh, we have a very rich uh, culture and uh, there's a lot of positive things from our culture. That's why we really for trying to, to give this influence, the good influence from our culture to the others, to the other people. So, uh, for example, the people really stressed from, you know, from their work or from their from their life in general. So here, when they come, we try to let them pause a little bit, you know, uh, stop for a m- moment. I think for a moment, just, you know, go with the flu, take it easy, not like stress themselves more than that, more than it's needed. So when they come here, they feel the peace from the area that we have. It's a very quiet camp, very quiet area. From all, let's say, all last years that we have been working uh, with tourism, you know, it made us also give us a very good experience by understanding people. That's why when we talk to them, we, you know, we know how to get them relieved from everything that they have. Uh, for example, when when they come to, the, to our camp, we ourselves as a Bedouins welcome them personally. And uh, we t- sit with them, we talk to them, we share everything about our culture with the camp here. So we made it uh, very detailed, like, for example, the mattresses, that the cushions, the uh, box that we show to the guests all belong to this area. So they can, like, they know uh, more about our culture. I can attest to the special feeling that you get when you come to Round Planet Camp from the first time that I stayed with you guys, I noticed how really you you make everyone feel at home and you make everyone feel so welcomed there. And it's really special. And and I see how so many people are just, when they first come to your camp, they keep coming back again and again. A lot of times it's like repeat guests, which is amazing. You know, they, they see how special this camp is and how you guys really go out of your way to make us feel welcomed. And like you said, make us feel like we're a part Perhaps for a little bit, we're a part of this area and, you know, we get a glimpse into how you live. We get a glimpse into your culture and it's it's really beautiful. 
I want to ask you, actually, can you tell people a little bit about where you're at? So you're in Wadiram. What is Wadiram and what does it mean to you as a Bedouin man? Yeah, Wadiram area, it's one of the best places in Middle East. I agree. <laughs> yeah, and it uh, it's in Jordan. It's located in Jordan. And it's one of the like important uh, touristic places in Jordan. I think it's the second after Petra. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an attractive place for the visitors from all around the world. The people who live here, the, it's the Bedouins since uh, hundreds of years that they used to live in, in this desert. So since, let's say, maybe 30 years because of the media, the internet, people start to know more about what they're on desert. And, you know, they start to come and to see this, this beautiful part of the world. This area, when you come to to this desert, you feel like you are not on, on Earth. It looks like you are in another planet. Because of the nature of the mountains and the dunes, the different colors of the dunes, that's one of the reasons made it an uh, attractive place for the filmmakers and the photographers. There's many Hollywood and movies has been filmed recently in Wadiram area. For example, like The Martian by Matt Damon, 2015, Aladdin by Will Smith. 2016 and also Star Wars episode 9 tunes many Bedouin TV series from like they produced it almost like every year this is they make it also known more for the globe and people start to come and to see this area how it's you know look like and uh, since 1998 it's became a natural reserve and the size of this area is 720 square kilometers so it's covered like a very large area we have like a part of this area, let's say, announced and focused for like normal tours that people, visitors, that they can come and do the tours and the activities that in this desert. And some other part of the area, it's still like a pure area. It's, there's not many camps, you know, just like more away from people movement. Yeah. Okay, hold on. There's so many questions I want to ask you now. But one of them is, I remember you you showed me once you had a photo with Matt Damon when they came and yes. filmed over there. What is he like in person? He's a very good person. I like him. You know, before he came, you know, Matt Damon, he's a famous actor. And I think, you know, I like him as a, as an actor and as a person when after I met him. It was a very good chance for me to meet uh, with him when he came here in 2015. Amazing. Like you said, it's become really, the desert of Wadiram has become more famous, more popular around the world because of the internet, because of the media, because of all these movies and things that you've that you've mentioned. But I'm curious, what was it like growing up in a place like that? I mean, if this is your backyard, what was that like? I think that's so fascinating that you grow up in a, such a beautiful place. To be honest with you, I didn't realize as how beautiful mm-hmm. area and the culture i'm i have been born and raised in this desert after i met people from other cultures because sometimes value the things that you have until you compare yeah. it or until you face like let's say a different situation so for me i have born and i raised in this desert like any bedouin child from this area belonging helping the family uh, running after the animals yeah it's my childhood was more connected with the desert and with with the area because also when i was a child we didn't have many distractive things like today 
like the internet today that you, everybody have it has the mobiles was not available at that time mm-hmm. and after i grew up after you know more people start to come to wadiram i start to do uh, let's say the first the, the, in the beginning uh, i start to do the the jeep tours with them mm-hmm. to guide them to the desert to show them beautiful locations here then it start to be like more exciting because uh, every time you meet new people and they ask you things that sometimes you you don't know that it's really nice things that you have or they have uh, but they ask about you about your life and then you start to answer for their questions and you understand that you really you have many beautiful things in your life so you, it makes you like your life even more so that's the beginning year after year i start to make many friendship all around the world so i think if i go anywhere i will have friends <laughs> that's a blessing i'm going to pause our conversation here for just a moment to talk about our partner This season of our podcast is brought to you by Visit Jordan. Jordan is a beautiful country in the Middle East that has something for everyone. In a relatively small area, it packs diverse landscapes like the Mediterranean forests of Ajloun, deep canyons in Wadi Dana, the Mars-like desert of Wadi Ram, my favorite place in Jordan, and the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. At the crossroads of trading routes for millennia, it has a fascinating history. The Nabataeans, the Umayyads, the Romans all made this place home. Jordanian food is rich, varied, and packed with flavors. I, for example, love mansaf. And above all, the people of Jordan are welcoming and are some of the kindest people I've ever met in my travels. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you know how much I love Jordan and I couldn't be more excited to tell you, Ahlan wassahlan, welcome, Jordan is waiting for you. So if you're looking to understand the beauty of this region through its history, food, people and landscapes, let Jordan be your host. Go to myjordanjourney.com to learn more. That's myjordanjourney.com. And with that, let's jump right back into our conversation. What inspires me every time that I come to see you guys, don't get me wrong, like I see how hard you work also, by the way, let's acknowledge that fact, especially if it's high season, which in the desert means the months of, let's say, March, April and let's say October, right? That's when a lot of people come to Jordan because it's a nice climate, nice weather at that time. And when I come to the camp in that point of the year, I see how hard you guys work. You are very busy as well. But I think what is really inspiring for me is that even so you're very busy, even so you're also always on your phones when you're busy, you're taking phone calls, you're taking, you know, new reservations and all of that. You just have to step one step and you are in this incredible setting. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely awe-inspiring. If I can describe Wadiram for you guys, it is a vastness of golden light, beautiful light. The sun is everywhere. The air is so, you know, there's so much air. There is so much vastness. There is mountains all around you. Granite, limestone, beautiful shades of brown and red there is sand dunes as far as the eye can see and you just breathe differently when you're over there you're not cramped you're not in some small 
you know, location. And I think that's why, even though you're also busy and stressed sometimes, like I, I don't want to over romanticize this, right? I don't want to say, oh my God, you guys, life is perfect and, and everything like that. But I think because of that, because you are in this setting, from my perhaps biased perspective, there's something different about how you carry yourself, how you show up in the world as the Bedouin people that I've met so far, as the friends that I have in this community. There is a calmness about you. There is something about you that, you know, because of the years of living in that environment is different about you. You know, does that make sense what I'm saying? Does it resonate with you? Yes, absolutely true. Uh, everything you said, it's, it's right. Uh, uh, life in the desert is not easy in general. Yeah, it's really hard life. Uh, but what make it easy for people that maybe because of the environment that we have here, uh, the influence of the nature on us, it's make it make us really stand and, you know, uh, let's say, enjoy what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, this is what one of the things that maybe a few days ago I have said the same thing to, to one of our of my friends that uh, maybe especially during the high season, from the stress of the reservations, the work that we have here with tourism, if I would have the same, let's say, pressure from work, maybe in another place, another location, maybe I won't, I can't handle it. But because I'm, 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 you know, all this pressure, like being here in the desert, that would make us, uh, as you said, we just, you know, enjoy it because we had the good influence from the nature. Uh, on us mm-hmm. this is the same thing happened with bedouins who are living in the desert since a long time ago uh, the bedouin uh, with their family uh, taking care of the animals let's say taking care of the family as well it's not easy for like for the family to do it but what make them uh, like it because they have the, the calmness and the peace of the desert that's what make them really take it in a good way yeah Oh my God. I, I need to go soon. I need to go soon. It's been too long. It's been too long. Last time I was there was this May and it's too long. I, I need to come back. If you you realize something that we were, we were always talking about the people and the nature, mm-hmm. like because both are important. Mm-hmm. You can't like have the nature without the people and you can't really focus on the people and forget about the nature. Mm-hmm. That's why it's our duty as locals to take care of our nature and our desert when you uh, come to run planet camp you will be in a sustainable camp and an eco camp because we we decide to save our nature and like to protect our nature that's why we start we decided to be sustainable camp it took us a long time many years many steps to reach the point to be 100 percent sustainable camp by not using anything harming our nature the last thing that we have done starting from this year we stopped using plastic at all at the camp we found the result of this by you know the compliments from our guests that uh, we have and also let's say the trash that we we take out from the camp we we reduce it like about 40 percent wow yeah so it's something really really good to have it so sustainable camp that means we use solar power we don't use generators. Uh, we use isolation system to, you know, to protect from uh, the desert heat or desert cold in winter time. 
everything, even the food, the food is also uh, 85% of, from, of the food that we produce here. It's local food. It's from local products. We also, we start, you know, using wood. Mm-hmm. We use it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like for the tables, for example. The, the cushions that we have here, it's handmade from the Bedouin woman. Uh, by the way, the Bedouin women is part of, of our work here. They are like, they connected with our work and they support us. We have also some programs with them related to the food. We have some special uh, meals. They make it for the guests. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have cooking classes. So the the guests that they can come and try to to experience some uh, kind of foods that we, we produce here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is uh, some of the things that we offer here at the camp and we do. I'm so glad that you brought this up because this was going to be, I wanted it to be a big part of our discussion today because as we mentioned earlier, tourism to Wadi Ram started about 30 years ago and it grew year over year. It's It's been growing. The desert is becoming more popular. The desert is also becoming more crowded. You can see more people in the desert now visiting. You can see more camps also in the desert, right? I also want to say that for people who are coming to Wadiram, it's really important to research which camp you're staying because your experience in different camps is going to be different. Some camps are really geared towards a lot of traffic. You know, that can be your experience that you are staying in a very big camp that has a lot of people in it and you're not going to feel that personal touch. Some camps are really geared towards those Instagram shots of those bubbles. You guys know what I'm talking about. We're going to link to some of some of these pictures in the show notes, but you know what I'm talking about. It's those glamp tents, those glass glamp uh, bubble tents that are half plastic, half, you know, they have clear openings so you can see the, the stars through them. But my God, how unsustainable are those those bubbles and how harming they are actually to the environment because it takes a lot of electricity to power those up. They're plastic, they're PVC made. I'm not going to go too much into this right now, but if you're interested in learning more about this, I actually wrote an article for a farm magazine about this exact topic and why it's important to stay in traditional Bedouin camps rather than these plastic bubbles when you're in Wadiram. We're going to link to it in the show notes. But where I'm going with this is I'm curious, how do you think has tourism impacted the Bedouins and the desert? The impact of tourism, I think it's it's limited for the people who are living in Wadiram desert. You know, Bedouins in general, they are... Uh, covering a big part of, of Jordan, some Bedouins in the north, in the middle and the south. But let's say about Wadi Aram Desert, yes, uh, there's impact from tourism for the on the Bedouins' life, uh, especially the younger generation, because they grow up with tourism. They focus more about working on tourism, more than like being really living as a original Bedouin life. So I don't know how, how it's going to be after many years from now. That's why here in our camp, as a round planet camp, we're really trying to keep our traditionals as a Bedouin's life live. We're not going with, let's say, the other projects or the other camps policy of working because, you know, everybody has his own interests. And mm-hmm. But for us, we know our goal. We know what we are doing. We know what we want to show to the guests because they are traveling all around the world to come to, for Wadi Aram Desert to see the people who are living here. So we should show them our life, our 
real life not like faking anything so when they come we have we have many different let's say programs that we can offer to the guests but all of them going to the way that to be connected with the, with the culture with the people with the area starting from the jeep tours we take them to a route that they can feel the desert they can feel the, the nature the hiking tours, for example, we take them also to good locations. We have very good guides with them. Like we offer also, for example, the, the, the visiting Bedouin family. Some We have like different uh, durations for those visits. There's a short visit that they can come for a couple of hours, uh, meeting with the people, talking to the people. And uh, we have a longer visit that they can stay overnight with the, with the Bedouin family. Yeah, sometimes uh, we have special programs for like uh, bringing, for example, some women to the camp to, you know, from the Bedouins, uh, women that uh, to make, for example, food for them. So they can see how our life is going. This is the way that we work here in this camp. It's really beautiful. And I remember we did this several times with you guys because, you know, for our listeners, I've brought several groups to Jordan. And every time, of course, we have to stay in Wadiram with my groups as well. And of course, we stay in Ahmad's camp. No question about it. There is no other option at all. For me, at least, in my opinion, this is the only option in Wadiram is Ahmad and Ram Planet Camp. And I remember several times we went and did exactly what you said. We went and we stayed with a Bedouin family for lunch. I remember that one we stayed at last time where we had Mansaf and we stayed at their at their tent and we talked about their life and how, you know, the, their kids are living in the village now, but they still oftentimes stay in a, in a tent. And that was really nice. Actually, can you talk a little bit about that part? Because I think people perhaps don't, don't understand the difference, let's say, between a, a traditional Bedouin lifestyle and a lifestyle that's kind of encroaching more and more now. Traditionally... Bedouins used to live inside the desert. Is that accurate to say that? Living a nomad life, like uh, staying all their time in the in the desert. But uh, now it's it's partly nomad life, not uh, like a fully nomad life. We have some people, especially the old uh, generation from the Bedouins, that they like to in the desert, away from the village, away from the people, just to enjoy their original life. The younger generation, like the kids or their children now, they have their stone houses in the village, but they come and go to them like every, let's say, every day, every couple of days. And there's there's a reason behind that, because now the children need to go to school. And, you know, there's a school in the village, so they need to, to have a place close from the school so they can like go and come uh, every day. But in the weekend, all the family become together in the desert. Yeah. And what happens then? What what happens when they go to the desert in the weekend? They pitch a big tent and hang out there at the tents uh, in the desert? Is that what happens? Some of them have already tents located in, in somewhere in the desert and they go to that tent and they stay like the, the weekend there and then come back. And some of the Bedouins that they now they don't have, especially in many time of the year, we don't have, we don't need the tents. They don't need the tents, uh, for example, they just go like uh, at camp, uh, free camping in the desert to uh, come back. So uh, being connected with the desert, it's something in our blood. So even if we have stone houses, we have to go from time to time outside and to be more in the desert. 
That is so beautiful. Do you think the young people feel this uh, too and feel it as much? I'm curious, I guess, in how do younger, like you, you mentioned earlier, you don't know how this is going to look like 20, 30, 40 years from now, right? Because of course, the world is becoming smaller and we are all becoming more homogenous in the way we live because we all have the same iPhone and we all have the same internet and Instagram, right? So that's what I'm curious about to tease up a little bit that idea of like, how are the young people in the desert? How do they feel that connection? Do they feel it as strongly as you do and as your father and grandfather did? Or is it different for them? I think they don't understand it now as we do. Because for me, as I told you from the beginning, that's I have lived, the, let's say, the two true way of living, mm-hmm. like the original living, the normal living that we have. And now with the media being connected, trying to be online all the time, you know, because of the work. And I tell you that I miss the old way of living for the younger generation because they, they have born on this life, uh, on, on this way of living, let's say, the, with the media, with the internet, with the mobiles. So it's became needed. It's became, They can't like, say, get rid of it and just forget about it and like living separately from the world. With many years, I'm sure that there's a lot of things will, will change. To be honest with you, not only for the Bedouin culture, I think for many cultures, because this uh, internet is connected all the world together. And, you know, they start to learn and to read and sometimes to act like some other people from different cultures. With many years, I think it will become a habit and new habits maybe in the cultures. But I hope that at least the main values of the culture that they can can keep it and they can like make it uh, stand. So that's why we talk on our shoulder as uh, Bedouins here, not to be part of this change, at least while we are living, just to show the real the reality of being a Bedouin. What do you miss about that lifestyle the most? I miss the connection between the people. We used to have like more connection. We used to be more together, not like today. Today, everybody is busy uh, with the, with their work. Um, I think we are lucky to be busy at this part at Wadiram Desert, not in any other parts. But in general, yeah, it's it's the communicating between the families was not it's not strong as it was before. I agree. It's interesting to me that this is what you called out as the thing that you miss, because what I observe when I come to Ram is that you guys are together more so than any other situations or settings or places that I've been at. And that is also very attractive to me. So when I come, you know, and I stay at your camp, and you're you're sitting all together, you're you're having tea or whatever out there in the back, you know, the spot that I'm talking about out there in the back. It's so beautiful for me to see that, you know, everybody who comes by to say hi, they come in, they sit down by, by the same table and they have tea. You are together in this way, you know? And I think for me, looking outside, I see this still, it's a lot more togetherness than what I experienced, for example, here here in Chicago. It's interesting for me that you said that, you know, you're missing that togetherness. So I can imagine how much more it was. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, I hope we make, like, let's say, a, a good influence and a positive influence on all other people here in the, in the area to keep our traditional life. 
for long. If you had to say it in one sentence, what is that tradition? That Bedouin tradition, if you had to like summarize it or, or explain it to somebody in one sentence, what would that be? In one sentence. Or two sentences, okay. We have the best tradition. I, I say this because as I told you, I have friends from different parts of the world and I can have this discussion with people since long time. And, uh, you know, uh, that's why I told you that uh, we have a rich culture, uh, but we need to focus about the good things in our culture. I can't like really summarize it in just only one one sentence, but it's... It's, uh... it's focused on family. It's focused on being connected to nature. Like you said, it's very hospitable. It values being together, right? Like some, of, these yeah. are some of the things that I've noticed over the years that are really attractive to me as an outsider, you know? What would you say are some, perhaps, you know, in your years of working with travelers, have you come across any stereotypes or any misconceptions that people have when they come to Jordan, when they come to this part of the world? And how do you, what would you want to say to that? Yeah, most of the most conceptions that we have, or I faced, that people that they already have about us, about Bedouins or about Arab or about, or about Muslims. You know, we are we as a Bedouins, we are all Muslims. And it's, it's something they have heard from the media about, let's say, being a Muslim or being from Middle East. That means you are like, it's not a safe place, not good people. And they think that we are, uh, especially when it comes to the woman topic, uh, that we took a woman as, as a slaves or as somebody that we don't respect women. But this is wrong. This is totally wrong. That's the first thing that they learn when they come here, that they know the value of our culture. They know the value of our religion. How do we respect how we are welcoming people? They feel it because the first people that we connect, it's themselves. They feel it in themselves. That's how we deal with them. So if they have any, let's say, difficulties, if they face any problems, we, we are willing to help them without asking anything in return. This is in our culture. We give them the fair, like the most welcome and the most care that we can do because they are our guests and they mm -hmm. are. This is from our culture. Mm -hmm. We respect the women that they come. We don't judge them depend on what, they, how they look or how they wear because we understand that they're coming from a different background. So we don't judge them depend on that. And this is coming from our culture and our religion that we don't judge people depending on how do they look like and we don't have to force them to think what we think or to agree with what we believe let's say in our culture as as a Bedouins we have a very high position for the woman for us the woman is it means the family the woman it means the person who connect all the family together the woman it's the one who who took care of the men from the beginning when they are little children until they grow up. The women, they always supporting them, supporting the men. So even in our troubles, when they have problems between the families, they don't involve women in that because they know they have respect for the women. When the Bedouins used to, when they want to show they're proud, they name themselves by their sister's name mm. in the past. Let's say they say... I'm a brother of Pla. That's, you know, they name their sister. That means that they are proud of their sister, of the woman. So I have brothers and they have sisters. If 
um, my brother asked me something maybe i don't answer uh, like let's say answer him immediately but if one of my sisters called me then <laughs> it's i have to answer immediately yeah so that's how it come, how it happened here i love that i love that so much yeah uh, this is mainly those the, the things that uh, people maybe they don't know about it until they come mm-hmm. and they see how we live and i have this question from friends and from visitors how do you think that Bedouin woman is happy or Muslim woman is happy with, with her life. I tell him, maybe I'm, I'm the wrong person that you ask. If you want to ask this, you, then you should ask the woman, not me. Because for me as a man, I can tell you about my feeling as a man. Maybe I tell you that how I see that they feel, but I can't tell you 100%. That's why we welcome them, like the woman, to come and visit us and with, with our family. So when they come, they can talk to the to the woman and they can like ask them directly to see how they are living or do they like their life or not. I love this so much because this is exactly the kinds of conversations we have in your camp when I come and stay. And not just me, right? Like you said, this is the conversations that you have with all of your guests who are interested in these kinds of conversations. And I, I think that is just so beautiful because that's how we're going to increase the common level of understanding in the world, common level of appreciation for different people, different places around the world. And I think for me, that's one of the reasons why I connected with you so much from the beginning, because I feel like we have very shared vision or mission even, because what you guys are trying to do with your work in in your camp is very similar to what I'm trying to do with my work when I bring people to Jordan. It's very similar, you know, because for me, it started from that same realization that when I first went to Jordan, I had so many questions from people that were just frankly saying, oh my God, isn't that dangerous? You're in the Middle East, you know? And ever since then, like the work that I've been doing, it's been to address that. I think that's one of the reasons why we connected in the beginning. Yeah, you, you are traveling to different parts of the world. You're crossing like literally a really big distance to, to come to Wadaram Desert. Then I think it, it's really worth to to have chance to meet the people and to talk about the people to know. Because if you're just coming to have a, let's say, a fancy place to stay and just sleep and listen to music and uh, then just go, then you'll miss a lot. Why, why are you even traveling? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you need, you know, to see something different. You need to change something in you. And I think this is why we, I'm also encouraging people, not only about for Wadiram, about any other part, uh, to travel, to see, not to just only to rely on what we hear in the media. Because sometimes the media can, like, let's say, direct the people understanding and thoughts to one direction and let them forget or like about uh, the good things and on the cultures. Absolutely. So people, when they come here to Wadiram, we meet them at Trump Planet Camp and we try to to show them the real identity of being a Bedouin. I love that. 
I love that so much. Well, we're going to start wrapping up here because I could talk to you forever, but you need to go. It's late there in Jordan right now and the camp is winding down. By the way, we're we're having this conversation with you at the camp at the moment in one of my favorite spots at the camp, actually, the communal space where everybody gathers for dinners at colder times of year. And like I said, I, I can't wait to be back there again very, very soon and I miss you guys. What would you say, as we're wrapping up here, what would you want someone who's never been to Jordan, who's never been to Wadiram, what would you want them to know or what would you like to tell them as we're finishing our conversation today? I would tell them that Jordan is one of uh, the safest places on earth to travel. We have a very beautiful uh, locations in Jordan to visit. It's uh, uh, it's very interesting, very beautiful uh, area. And uh, Wadaram also one of the best places in the world. So that, and people here is very friendly, very good people. So you can just like pick a nice time, a good time for you to come and visit us here. Yeah, it's really worth to be here. It's really worth. That's beautiful. And I couldn't agree more with you, Ahmad. And for our listeners, if you do go to Jordan... And if you do come to Wadiram, which you absolutely should, I hope you understand by now that the only place to stay in Wadiram is Ram Planet Camp. My friend Ahmad, my friend Fala, and my friend Hassan are going to take such good care of you guys. And definitely do check them out. We're going to link to Ram Planet Camp in our show notes. So you can follow them on Instagram. You can check out their website. And I hope you get to see for yourself what we've been talking about here, the beauty of Wadiram, the desert, the vastness, the stillness of the desert, the beauty of the people, the hospitality, the kindness, the conversations that you can have. I really hope that for our listeners that you get to experience that for yourself in person because that is the most powerful experience you can have. Thank you so much, Ahmad. Much love to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Yulia. It was, you know, it has been a great pleasure to be with you here. And I hope to see you soon, inshallah. inshallah. Yeah, I know that you are like always busy, but you have to take some time for yourself. Inshallah. I'm always busy, but I have a place in my heart for Wadiram that's never going to take anyone. No, no other place is going to take it. So I really hope that sometime soon I can come and spend some time with you guys. Thank you, Ahmad. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We're celebrating our 100th episode and inviting you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you do it by Wednesday, October 11th and tag us on social media at In Search of Perfect and at Travel Media Lab, you'll have the chance to win a 20-minute coffee conversation with me. Submit your review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Share a screenshot of your submission on social media and be sure to tag us and we'll choose a winner in seven days. The winner will get a one-on-one coffee chat with me over video at the time of their choosing where we will talk about any topics that are of interest to you. Travel, storytelling, maybe a pitch that you want me to look at, a career in travel media or the weather. I look forward to connecting with you. Our lovely theme music this season, Abbar al-Shams, is provided by Rawan Roshni, a Palestinian Balkan singer based in Jordan who experiments across genres. 
Our partner this season is Visit Jordan. My name is Yulia Denisuk and I will see you next week. Take care and safe travels. Bye.